Let's analyze what's going on with politics in America, the useless establishment and the man who just will not stop my former boss, President Trump, with none other than the one and only Razor Fist of Rageaholic on YouTube. My friend Razor, it's been too long. Welcome back to America First. It has. You know, it's only been a, a month and a half or so, but it felt so much longer. It does. Yes, it does. So much longer. Uh, with, with, with the speed, the alacrity of what's happening uh, domestically, it feels like months and months. All right. Good news, though. It looks as if the governor of Florida's camp has finally caved. We'll show you some clips from Ron DeSantis himself, but one of his chief boosters, a man who was all Trump forever until I guess he got a paycheck from somewhere else. Bill Mitchell surrendered yesterday, one of my most popular videos on on, on Twitter, and he wants he wants to he wants to make up with the Trumpsters. Cut thirteen. I'm offering the fig leaf now. I know that I've been hard on the the Trump camp. I've been hard on the uh, Trump people. As far as you know, really going after you know hardcore going after Trump. Not going to do that anymore. I can do that anymore. And uh, for anybody in the, you know, MAGA nation that felt like I was, you know, um, that I personally insulted them, I, I apologize. He's apologizing. Now, it's been a really nasty 11 months with Team DeSantis strangely attacking Trump supporters more often than Biden. Do you think the apology will be accepted, Razor Fist? <laughs> I wouldn't expect it to be. <laughs> and hey, if this whole presidential politics thing doesn't work out, given the poll numbers, uh, DeSantis can always go back to being a lumberjack for bonsai trees. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I think it's hilarious. Bill Mitchell, I had followed. Have you? I used to follow him like regularly yeah. or whatnot. Um, and his Twitter feed is absolute barking lunacy. It's, but, but, it's but, just okay, like... Let's, let's stop it. I'm so glad you said that. So let, let's stop it for a second. And this may be a little bit too wonkish for our listeners, but who knows? Maybe you like this stuff because this is kind of inside baseball. Yeah. A lot of the people who became the surrogates, the boosters for the governor of Florida unknown yeah. to me you know i've hung out with them on, on the you know outskirts of cpac uh, around mar-a-lago these were massive trump supporters then they did this 180 overnight became incredibly vituperative against the man they formerly supported which is amusing because all of their old tweets could be dug up rather rapidly and bill mitchell is one of them but then as you said they kind of lost any kind of normal sense detached yeah. from all reality do you have any theory about how that is or why that is yeah i mean you look at the numbers and like they're convinced that they've got iowa in the bag right and <laughs> right. it's like like bill bill mitchell's feed he has turned into the oracle of opposite day and don't even get me started about what's happened with Ann Coulter, right? Yeah. Like, like Ann Coulter hasn't been the same since she came in second at Preakness, uh, frankly, at this point. But uh, she, honestly, it, I think it is people who expected perhaps to get special dispensation from the Trump White House once uh, he got into office <laughs> of some Oh, kind. you mean you mean this you is, mean the, this is the, the Chris Christie effect on mass? Mm, yes, thank you. And and somehow in this primary, despite 
all common sense logic and you know basic mathematics chris christie's clinging on like grim de- like grim death to uh, the primary process you'd think that podium was a po'boy right he, you cannot pry <laughs> this guy off it so can, can uh, i can i i'm sorry you you mentioned uh, coulter i saw coulter post this yesterday and i had to just quote tweet it this this uh, this is, has to be a psychosis this is one of the most formally influential conservatives out there who said, no one who supported Trump in 2015 supports him now. And, and then I just quote tweeted her the latest figures for support of President Trump, which has him 52 to 48 against Biden and at 68 percent amongst GOP candidates. And I'm thinking... Is that a new 68% that he just, you know, grew in a test tube and are not the 2015 supporters? It's as if people's brains fell out of their craniums, Razor Fist. It is. And it's it's lunacy when you consider it's... Their, their argument is simultaneously that DeSantis is a sturdier version of Trump. <laughs> and yet at the same time, they bemoan some memes about, you know... Some height enhancement, shall we say, <laughs> that uh, Trump has Trump has dropped on Truth Social. It's like, so wait a minute, is he William the Conqueror or is he fragile, fine China that we have to keep in a cabinet we can't touch? Like, what? How does exactly? I, 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 like, I like the mini. I like the mini me an- analogy from from Austin Powers, right? And those. Those lifts are about as subtle as Biden's hair plugs. Let's just say that. Yeah, he. he and they're did- about the only. The only lift he can't get these days is in the polls, though. Uh, I, I saw he's in third place in Iowa in two separate polls, and, and now he's and now he's kind of neck and neck a little bit. In the last one I just saw, I just recorded a video, incidentally, about DeSantis's slow decline. Um, that's going to come out, I think, uh, tomorrow or the day after. All right, you've got but, it. For, uh, we're we're going to continue the discussion. Uh, we'll do it in the break for our Rumble viewers. He's the author of the Night Vale series of books. Super excited. Uh, the Long Moonlight, Night Vale, a book one, and Death Mask. And in February, his new graphic novel, The Ghost of the Bad Lads, will be released. Follow him in the meantime for some of the most amazing cultural political analysis you'll ever find it's the rageaholic channel on youtube and on twitter he's got a very good very acerbic twitter game at razor fist the o is a zero i'm sebastian corker if you want to stay up to date with what we provide for you here make sure you're following us we're on all the social media platforms just look for seb gorker sebastian gorker on true social twitter facebook instagram parlor getter don't forget the salem news channel app where you can watch the show in addition to your roku your fire stick device and for unique content from me and access to me, my Substack, SebastianGorka.substack.com. That's SebastianGorka.substack.com. We are back with the one, the only Razor Fist. Follow his Rageaholic channel. Superb anal- analysis of cultural issues, political issues. Ga- if you're into gaming, he is your man. And follow him at Razor Fist on Twitter. All right. I want to um, continue this thread of, of the the kind of lack of any sense of reality in the political world and also the extremism that they seem to be setting up by the Trump is a Nazi uh, narrative. You, you've you been right. helping me understand what happened to Team DeSantis. He did a long interview with Kirsten Welker at the weekend where he seemed not to have a good response at all to the use of this extremist language against the man who helped make him governor of Florida, cut nine. 
Mr. Trump is campaigning on the idea of retribution. He's promising to jail his political enemies if he's reelected. He's also referred to some of his political opponents as vermin, language that people, frankly, across the political spectrum say harkens back to Nazi Germany. Do you think that kind of language is presidential? Well, I think even beyond that, the issue is, is why are you running? Are you running for your personal issues? Are you running for the American people's issues? And I'm running for the American people's issues. And now, now that's a very weak dodge. Um, your reaction mm. to the fact that he can't respond to this attempt to turn President Trump into, quote unquote, a Nazi razor fist? Well, you may have caught on to this, but Ron DeSantis is did you did you catch that exchange with him on that podcast a while back where the guy offered him a pair of boots? Yes. And oh, my gosh. Like, Patrick Bet Davis. Yeah. Yes. He's like, I, I can't accept gifts. I can't accept gifts. And it's like a normal human being would have just made a short joke and moved on, you know, just a normal. But the guy is biologically incapable of a, hum, a normal human interactions at times. It's just mind blowing. But, but that, I, I, th right I think you've, I think you've hit on something. I think the guy is on the scale somewhere. I, th I mean, there, there, there is this. <laughs> No, there are there are reports that and you know, and I've met him that he doesn't he doesn't empathize with other human beings. That's why his wife is so important part of the package because she's the one who works the room. Absolutely, and I and I think it's a legitimate hindrance. I think you know. I thought he performed okay in that debate, even though the debate ultimately was immaterial uh, between him and Newsom. But there were a few times where you were just watching him going. He's behaving oddly and his responses are really strange right just not normal like i feel like if we broke out the voight kampf test i think we would have gotten a reading uh for, for those of you who aren't big geeks and don't agree with me and raise a fist that blade runner is the greatest movie ever made the voight kampf test i was actually reading do androids dream of electric sheep yesterday is the philip k dick empathy test that was used in the blade runner movie to to check if you're actually a replicant or a human being because human beings should have some empathy. Uh, if you don't have empathy during the test, you're either a, a psycho or you're a replicant. Uh, we don't have Voigtkampf tests at the moment, but uh, maybe we should, and maybe we should use them against presidential candidates. Because I tell you one thing, my former boss empathizes. Maybe it's because he was working in... Um, Queens as a kid you get to know real humanity working uh, in Queens as a kid when your dad is uh, managing contracts in perhaps the hardest real estate market in the world we're talking to Rageaholic author of the ghost of the badlands I can't wait for it to come out uh, they've got an Indiegogo you can check out the images there uh, in the meantime you've got to follow him at the Rageaholic YouTube channel superlative and on Twitter at Razorfist but please note the O in Razor is in fact a zero. We will continue our discussion on what is happening in politics and what does the next 11 and a half months presage for us here on America. So there is a, a couple out there, um, members of the commentariat. The husband I knew as a dissident from Poland ended up as a writer for The Economist and then uh, went back to Poland after the changes to become their foreign minister. His name was Radek Sik. Korski, and he married Anne Applebaum, who wrote one of the best books on communism called Gulag, 
which was just a masterpiece historically, which proves that you can be a good historian, but also a political lunatic. And Applebaum has now become patient zero of Trump derangement syndrome. And uh, here she is proving it on CNN Cut 14. Well, famously, Trump told John Bolton, I don't give a shit about NATO. And Bolton has said that in his view, the only reason Trump didn't act on it is because he and Rex Tillerson and Mike Pence and Mike Pompeo prevented him from doing it. Um, none of those people will be in the White House or anywhere near the White House in Trump's second term. And remember, what's really important about NATO is that it's not just a treaty. It's a treaty that says, OK, everybody who signed it should, in theory, come to the aid of anybody else if they're attacked. But it's more than just a legal document. It's also a psychology. You know, why don't the Russians attack Poland, given that so much aid for Ukraine is coming through Poland? The reason they don't do it is because they think the U.S. would respond. Right. Once they don't believe the U.S. will respond, you know, then why not do it? So first things first, I guess she forgot that President Trump campaigned a razor fist on the concept of America first, not Warsaw or, you know, Brussels first. And then secondly, this is meant to be an intelligent person. She really wants us or the CNN viewers to believe that Rex Tillerson and Mike Pompeo stopped <laughs> Donald Trump. I mean, that's a skit, right. isn't it? That's a comedy skit. <laughs> I half expected to hear at the end of that little screed, my name is Donald Trump and I approve this message. You know, like I, I seriously, if I wasn't sold before, like <laughs> granted, I think her statement probably loses its original impact when it's not in the original German. But, uh, but, yeah, but I, just the, 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 the sheer lack of any any sense of how they look from outside to real Americans. This woman has no idea. Oh, no, this is someone probably, if you're talking about a historian, most likely from academia, yeah. right? This yeah. is very, very insular. And so this is fundamentally the problem that we're having culturally is we essentially, it's a tale of two cities. Right. And the people who believe they're entitled to run the world all attend the same parties, date the same people. Um, you know, these are, these are people who are essentially in a bubble. Yeah. And <laughs> when you... All I have to say is if you actually arrive at a point where Mr. Walrus John Bolton is your North Star for foreign <laughs> policy, <laughs> I, I oh. think it might be time to go back to the drawing board. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right, let's get a little bit more serious with regards to these four articles, uh, Atlantic, Washington Post, New York Times, and on and on all weekend about how President Trump uh, coming back will be a dictator. Liz Cheney has this to say in a long interview with CBS about America choosing Donald Trump again. Cut five. Donald Trump a fascist? I think that he certainly is employing fascist techniques. I think that the, the tools that he's using are tools that we've seen used by authoritarians, fascists, tyrants around the world. You know, the, the, the things that he has said and done in some ways are so outrageous that we have become numb to them. What I believe is the cause of our time is that we not become numb, that we understand the warning signs, that we understand the danger, and that, that we ignore partisan politics to stop him. Razor, that's a former congresswoman, Republican congresswoman, 
calling uh, the choice of the American people putatively a fascist. Uh, we had at the top of the show, Matt Gates say the following, and I didn't put the words into his mouth, he said it. What they are doing, what the Liz Cheney's of the world, the Robert Kagan's, uh, are prepping mentally America for an assassination of President Trump. What do you think? I mean, obviously, the game of ideological brinksmanship is being carried to that point for a reason. It's certainly not historically borne out, right? If we're talking a fascist, the founder of the fascist party is the head of the Milan chapter of the Italian Socialist Party, right. Benito Mussolini, right. who's a former Marxist, who was banging a Marxist woman at the time, who, you know, his economic policy involved uh, glorious little snippets you can read from Fascism, Doctrines, and Institutions, page number 36, in case you're curious. Um, but, 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 calling, that, you know, but calling President Trump a Nazi is saying, well, right. you know what, Nazis are bad. And, you know, that guy, uh, von Stauffenberg, he tried to kill uh, Hitler, and he was a hero. Yeah, yeah. But what we're saying here is he's not even coming from the same ideological root, right? Right. Uh, Mussolini was an economic interventionist. He called his positions corporatist, but you know his famous quote is, intervention in the economy will rise if incentive is lacking or matters of the state are involved. That intervention may take the form of direct control. That doesn't sound very pro-capitalist Trumpian to me. No. Uh, in fact, it's arguably the position of the opposition, yeah. <laughs> of, the, of the monoparty and of the well, avowed socialistic left. And, and es um, especially if you're using the organs of the state against your political adversaries, then um, as Dennis Prager says, whatever the left is accusing you of doing, they are committing themselves. He's the author of the Night Vale series. Follow him on the Rageaholic channel. We've been talking to Razor Fist. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. Can